Acts 15, so brother of Jesus, James, says the tabernacle of David is going to be restored. And it's really interesting. Is, uh, there was an overlap in the Old Covenant where uh, the 40-year overlap. You know, in Matthew 24, when Jesus is, he says, I tell you the truth, this whole, this whole thing is going to be destroyed. And, uh, you know, if that's their whole system, and this is where we meet God in the, in the temple made out of stones. But it's really interesting because if you read that, the prophetic in the Old Testament that says, don't make any altar or any temple out of hewn stone. And uh, I'll give you some types and shadows here, which is pretty cool. But, um, and he says, this is what was prophesied, that the Gentiles and the, and the Jews, the temple of David, there was no sacrifice. There was no blood. You could just come with, with the sacrifice of praise. And so there was no blood required. There's no sacrifice required. You just came, and it was open to Jew and Gentile. Now it's, and they believed that the Ark of the Covenant, prophesied in the Old Testament, between the cherubim, those two winged creatures over the Ark, that uh, that's where God's presence was, the Shekinah glory. And so even the type and shadow of David's tabernacle is pretty interesting. So God's presence is in a tent made of skin. Does that point something out? Kind of interesting, isn't it? Where it's like not a temple made with human hands, hewn with stone. It's us. It's where he, where he dwells. So even the whole tabernacle of David is just a, a type and shadow of us. What Jesus came to reveal is like the secret that the glory of God, you thought he was outside of man like every other religion and, and was angry and needed blood to be appeased, which we would throw you in jail as a parent if we taught what Christianity teaches. Does that make sense? It's really true. It's, it's really diabolic. It's sad to me that Barbara and I were talking about the day. I'm like, we're so embarrassed. We believe that stuff. Uh, but that's what we were taught. And so we, we were so obsessed with you got to kill somebody in order to be pleasing to God. That's what every pagan religion does. Isn't that interesting? Love forgives. It doesn't need blood. That's why it says the blood of, Je- the blood of Jesus speaks way better things than the blood of Abel. Because when Cain kills Abel, it said the blood cried out for what? Vengeance, revenge. The blood of Jesus, as we're killing him, what does he say? Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. It's the exact opposite of what we were taught, that we killed the lover of the universe, the creator of the universe. We killed God. Now, if anything would upset an angry God, that would probably upset him, wouldn't it? And yet he comes to reveal the Father's heart, and he says, forgive them, Father. Nothing can separate me from their love. They can even kill me, and yet my love forgives. I don't demand it. That's why his blood speaks better things. Amen? So hopefully that makes sense to you. So Tabernacle of David, Jew, Gentile could come. It was in the tent of skin. And uh, it was just coming with his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, like we saw in Psalm 100. And I don't have time to go through it all, but uh, in Psalm 100, where I went through last once, and Joseph Prince does a lot on this too, but I think there's even more than what what he goes to, where it's the, the word for praise there, thanksgiving, is yada. And it's three Hebrew words. It's yad, the hand, or strength, and delet is a door. And then hey was always... Um, grace is what we were taught, right? The fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so thanksgiving is the hand that opens the door to his grace. But I, I went and dug a little bit deeper just in the letter hey and what the Jews believed. And it's so interesting because it says that the letter hey is according to the Jewish mystics, hey represents his divine breath. It re- represents revelation and light. And hey represents God's creative power. And that's what's so fascinating to me between neuroscience and, and true Christianity and true prayer to me is science is confirming what Scripture's said. We've misinterpreted a lot of it. But if we take it from that point, it says, gratitude, enter his gates with giving and his courts with praise. Well, then we see in the New Testament, we're the temple. So what are the, what are the cherubim, what are the gates, what are all these things where we enter into God's presence? 
But literally, gratitude is the hand that opens the door to God's creative power. If we look at it even deeper, what the Jewish mystics thought, I think that's really cool, don't you? That's why we do praise and worship ahead of time, because it gets you into a a better atmosphere um, to receive what's freely always there. It's not like it, it does anything. So Two, thing, two videos I want you to watch, which I didn't have time, but I want you to watch two videos. If you go Google them, just a reminder of what I'm talking about tonight, where his, everything you're ever going to need is within here, within the temple. Everything's already freely available. That's why it says, renew your mind daily, enter these gates, and we'll, we'll go through that to make it pretty clear, I think, tonight. But to watch, go, you can go YouTube, you can go um, Medicineless Hospital in China. The, so Medicineless Hospital... Um, cancer cured, kidney cancer cured. You, that would probably find it where I've shown you that video here where in three minutes, these, it's medicine-less. They had a 97% success rate of healing anything. Isn't that cool? And all they did is they took people who understood and, and if you see, uh, it'll probably be, um, oh, what's the guy's name? It's the weird white-haired guy with cowboy boots. <laughs> He's a neuroscientist. Uh, is it Braden, Dr. Greg Braden? He's probably on there, and that's what he says. He says, um, uh, he says, he asked him what they're saying. He basically said they're, they're doing this mantra kind of, seeing her as already whole, and what they're saying is already done, already done, already done. You can just see it. You can see the tumor just shrink right on her, and then they all clap. <laughs> Yay, we did it. Like, wouldn't that be good if Christians could do that? But here's what, here's what happens. is I, w- I was studying Christian meditation this week just online and what's out there. No wonder we're such a mess. All the Christian meditation stuff said, be careful, it's dangerous, the devil's going to jump on you. And they're explaining away why, why people um, that are, quote-unquote, not doing it their way, you know, like in the Old Testament, they were upset that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Not, they weren't excited that they healed. said, you didn't do it our way. And they were mad at that. And so Christians say things like this. Well, the devil's doing it. That's nonsense. The devil will never heal anybody. It'll never, it's nonsense. So we avoid all these things that science is confirming. Instead, I think we should be celebrating it. We should go, you know what? This is awesome that science and scripture are real. They're they're very accurate. And for for me anyway, because I've always been dabbling in it, um, it's confirming to me. It actually persuades me even more of what scripture's foreshadowing and things like that. So anyway, if you're afraid of it, perfect love casts out fear. So there's nothing's gonna jump on you. That's silliness to me. Now that I hear it, you're like, that's the doorway to this, the devil's gonna jump on you. That's stupid, actually. Jesus clearly says there's nothing outside of a man that defiles a man. There's nothing outside of you that affects you. But guard your heart and mind with all diligence because out of it are the... Issues of life, of Zoe. How much life you're going to receive is what you believe in here. That's the new covenant. Amen? So we're going to talk about this whole, the presence of God, the temple, and what this all means. So watch that video um, because Christians are okay with healing, right? Sometimes. Just you got to do it their way. They're not excited that this cancer person's healed. They're, they're mad because the devil did it and they didn't do it their way. I'm like, that's just goofiness. It's crazy, actually. We should be celebrating the fact that, that these people are healed, in my opinion. Because he's only life. He's only health. He's only life. And then the other video, because Christians get upset with this one. That's why I did this one second. <laughs> go, go, uh, see, I really believe it's unlimited. I believe it's, un, I, I believe it's off the charts unlimited. And we're just trying to figure this thing out. 
I watched the um, Go, Go Google on YouTube, uh, Joe Dispenza's daughter manifests unlimited shopping spree. Christians get upset with that one. What are you saying? That you can have whatever you want? It's kind of what he says, isn't it? All things he does. It says it over and over. So don't get upset with that. I think it's a great testimony. So if you were a 15-year-old daughter, wouldn't you love an unlimited shopping spree? How many guys, how many guys even if you're not 15, want an unlimited shopping spree? Me too. Me too. That's why August 18, 2020, you know where I'm going to be. Is this heaven? You know it's Iowa. Yankees, Reds, White Sox going to be in Field of Dreams in Iowa. So they said it's going to be the toughest ticket to get. I go, I don't give a rip. I'm there. So, amen? So anyway, you know where, if you want to join me, it'll be fun. We'll probably have some adult soda pops and hot dogs. and It won't affect us, amen? Because nothing that goes in the body defiles a man. So it's really true. It's really fun. You'll enjoy it sometime. So anyway, let's, let's keep going. I'll get myself. All right. So David tells us that every victory, when we read Psalm 91, every victory comes from trusting what is in the secret place of the Almighty under his wings. What did I just show you? I showed you the David's tabernacles. What he's talking about, they believe the presence of God was under the two cherubim, under the feathers of its wings. That's where God's presence was, right? So he's telling us in Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place, or he that makes their abides there, he who stays there, he who stays in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So they called that the, the secret place. The shadow was between the two cherubim, right? Does good so far? Okay. And he says, that is your refuge, that's your protection, that's your fortress. In God, in him I will trust. Where, where am I going to put my trust? I'm going to put my trust between what's going on between the two cherubim. Are you so far with me? Got it? Where is that? I'm going to skip ahead. Where, where do we put our trust? What's going on between the two cerebrum? Because we're the temple. So, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the follower and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, those are those cherubim, and under his wings thou shalt trust. So we put our trust with what's going on inside, not what we see externally. You good? I'm just trying to repeat because this is, this is good. So here's what he's saying. He's going unlimited protection, Go read Psalm 91 every day. It's just awesome if you realize it. You, guys, I'm telling you, you won't, be, you won't be worried about car accidents. You won't be worried about diseases. You won't be worried about global warming. You won't be worried about any of that nonsense. You can even drink plastic straws. It's really fun. It's, uh, in fact, you're with me, you're going to drink two plastic straws because it was freezing the other day. Was it not? I'm just doing my part to warm this place up. So that's sacrilege. I'm like, he's a good God. He takes care of us. Come on, guys. There's nothing to fear, right? It's, I hate it. I hate, I know too much. I was in environmental engineering when I was a, I'll talk about that later. When I was in the Air Force, I just, it's crazy. So all you guys, here, I'll give you something to worry about. You can drink more lead in your drinking water than you could lick paint in Colorado. I was on the board with the state epidemiologist. How's that one for you? Isn't that great? <laughs> Maybe that's your problem, Michael. Drinking too much of that lead water. But looking too much paint, that's right. <laughs> my whole point is it means nothing. That's, that's not where the kingdom is. Safety, health, abundance, everything is where? Where do you put your trust? Within, what's going on there. That's why he says stay there, abide there, don't move. Don't let anything outside affect you, right? Okay, so Zechariah 4, 6. Zechariah is prophesying another Old Testament prophecy. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. 
uh, I'm going to talk about Zerubbabel just a second, saying, not by might, not by power, not by physical might or man's strength, right? But by what? The Spirit. Jesus, when he comes to the, the, the woman in Samaria, she goes, hey, we believe we're supposed to worship on this mountain. The Jews believe they're supposed to worship on that mountain. What was Jesus' response? Neither. There's going to be a time when you come and you worship me in spirit and truth. You don't have to ascend a mountain to find me. Where are you going to find him? If in. Amen? You guys are good. So this is the word unto Zerubbabel, saying, It's not by personal strength, it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you should become a plain. Meaning, any external challenge is going to just be leveled. It'll be a nothing. Follow me? And he shall bring forth the headstone. It's really fascinating. Headstone, any idea what headstone literally means? Pillow. Did you know that? You knew it? I didn't know that. Because we have this picture of the capstone, the headstone, the foundation stone. It's literally where you should place your head. Isn't that interesting? That's why Jesus, when he says, I had no place to place my head, but now I can. Now I clean on my head. Anyway, that's, that's a whole other thing. So I had no idea, Micah, you're ahead of me. See, that's one of those where you can look at me like, you just found that out? Right? I'm such an L. So slow. So, <clears throat> he shall bring forth the, the pillow the, where we place our head, the headstone, therefore, with shoutings, crying grace, grace unto it. Isn't that cool? Now, here's what's really interesting. Zerubbabel is from two Hebrew words called Zerab and Babel. Now, what happened according to the Old Testament scriptures at the Tower of Babel? Languages were confused, but is God the author of confusion? So did God confuse people's languages? Never. What it does say is it says, if they would have all spoken the same thing, what could they have done? Anything. Doesn't it say that? It says, if they would have, not, if they would have had unconfused language, they could have done anything. Go read it. It's really fascinating. So Babel means confusion, mixed, uh, mixture. Zerab literally is to burn up like chaff. So He's the consuming fire, right? So he's saying this. He goes, I'm going to consume all the wrong beliefs of who you are and who God is. You think I'm this distant God angry like every other pagan religion. I'm love and I'm within you. In fact, I've always been within you. You're, you're the son of, son of God. And so my passion for you is going to burn up all the confused language. So we, the Old Testament writers said, hey, what, the reason why there's all these languages is God must have confused everybody because... That's what we thought he did. But when the Spirit was given, what happened? They all heard them in their own tongue saying the same thing in their own language, declaring the wonderful works of God. Isn't that cool? So in the New Covenant, it's by grace. It's when we agree, see, the Babel is this. It's Babel. It's nonsense. It's, it's confusion. So sin is thinking anything less of yourself than what God thinks of you. Missing the mark. We thought he was angry and distant, and he goes, I can't get any more closer to you. In fact, I'm one with you. In fact, the real temple where all your, your unlimited abundance, your joy, your love, your, your divine health, anything you're ever going to need, I've freely given to you, and I've placed it between the two cherubim in the secret place of the Most High within what you believe there will produce on the outside. That's a picture of all of it. You guys got it? 
cool. All right, let's go to the next slide. So freedom from any mountain or challenge is what, what Zechariah is prophesying there. Does not come by physical power of my might. So if you're trying to change anything in your life, whether it's relationships, whether it's financial, whether it's health, um, you're not going to find it by external things. Follow me? So, uh, I don't want to go there. It'll be too much controversy probably. I just believe it with all my heart. You can't catch stuff. You can't catch disease. I don't believe that. By, I, I just don't believe that. And the, I think we were too poor. I was a single mom with seven kids. I didn't, I didn't even know anybody that had an allergy until I met my sister-in-law. We just didn't get sick. And there's no time for it. We never talked about it. Isn't that interesting? Well, if we, we don't even, if their mindset's not there, we don't even talk about it, then you just don't do it. And my mom's a school teacher, so I tried to play sick a few times. And she's like, get your butt in gear. You're going to school. So when I actually did have a fever a couple of times, I figured out right away, like, it's better just to be healthy because she's going to make me go to school anyway. I'll be miserable, so I better not get sick. And I just, you don't. It's really fascinating. If you focus on it, guess what? You have it. It's really a fascinating thing. So I don't know you guys would get mad at me about that. So are you saying, yeah, I am actually. It's within is where all of our challenges come. We believe the wrong thing about ourselves and who we are and who God is. So freedom from every challenge does not come from physical. So that's why time management and most of the leadership training and all the stuff I got, I just go blah, 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 blah. King David, we were talking about this, is that's why you hear in sports, if there's a team, it's, it's really fascinating because you can take the same players and you bring in a new coach and the new coach says something like this, they need to learn how to win again. What's he really doing? He's really getting them to believe, is he not? Same talent, same players, etc. But he goes, I'm teaching them to win again. I'm teaching them to believe again. And they can do it. Isn't that cool? I love it. So that's really what he's talking about is it doesn't come from reading the Bible more, praying longer, doing all these things that Jesus actually spoke against. It's really kind of fascinating. He's like, listen, you think your, your prayer is going to be heard by your long prayers. Doesn't he say that? And he goes, that's what the religious people do. The Father knows you need it before you even ask, therefore just get it. Just have it. That's what, really, if you look at that word ask, it says lay claim to it. Make sure you know it's already yours. And then he says this, he goes, um, he goes, you guys search the scriptures diligently. Is he excited about them doing that? Not if you read it. He says, you guys search the scriptures diligently, but you cannot find life by doing that. That's why we'll, thank God, we'll never do all night prayer meetings and all night Bible studies or anything like that. If ever do, shoot me. Because that's just silly. He says, it doesn't, it's not like that. He goes, you don't realize the scriptures testify about me. And if you really believed who you are and I'm one with you, you'll get it. So he doesn't come from intense Bible study and doing something more, doing something longer. It's all external things. It comes from light that's within. What you believe about yourself. So if you want to change anything in your life, it's not by power, by might. It's not by doing something more. It's not by, how do, how do you manage time when Jesus says there is no time? I'm going to manage it. <laughs> right? How do you do that? All you're doing is getting yourself busy. Putting more requirements on yourself. Now, I'm, not, I'm okay with you if you want to be organized, etc. Neither of us are very organized, which is really interesting. Um, right? <laughs> but stuff just works, doesn't it? It just works. How many of you guys want that kind of life? It's better. You don't worry about as much stuff. So, so here's what he's telling us to do. 
where our deliverance, our abundance, our, our divine protection, your life, the length of your life, what we were just talking about. He goes, with long life, I'll satisfy you. David was just saying that too. He said, you know what, Lord, how, how, much, how much longer do I have to live? And he goes, how, much, how long do you want to live? He goes, like, clear as a bell, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Like, that's Psalm 91, exactly. I'll satisfy you with long life. Amen? Now, if you're taught, you never know, you can get hit by a bus tomorrow. Does that produce assurance? No, it doesn't to me. So, and it gets really testy because people like, because things happen in people's lives. But I, I just believe that when you're in love, harmony and disharmony don't mix. So we don't have that stuff. Amen? I'm not worried about it. So I'm not, no, I'm not going to have one. Just because I don't even think about it. Now, people think that's crazy. I go, no, I think that's reality. I think that's what Psalm 91 is talking about. So anyway, put your trust in the creative ability within, between the cherubim, which is the two halves of our brain, the cerebrum, to be free from any mountain or challenge. That's where you're going to find it, is what David tells us. You guys with me? All right. So there's no limit to what your heart and mind can do. That's why I want you to do both. The Christians will kind of believe the healing one, but then you talk about, you mean it's unlimited? A 15-year-old can manifest an unlimited shopping spree? Yeah, it's unlimited. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool to me. I think that's a better testimony, actually, because it's off the charts crazy, right? Because adults would tell you to do what? If, if most of your children came and said, you know what, I'm going to get an unlimited shopping spree this, this summer, what would you say? Well, you better start looking for a job. Exactly right. Exactly right. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Now, that, that's one way to do it, but it's not by power or by might. It's not by our physical power. It's a better way to just go, I believe this, and it happened to her. See, I think that gives me faith. I know to most Christians it irritates them, but it actually gives me faith. So Mark 9, 23, if we're going to use your book, all things are possible to what? Him who believes. Where do we believe? In the secret place, in the hearts and minds, right? Guard your heart and mind with everything you got because the new covenant is spiritual. It's by faith is what he says. So if you understand the parable of the sower, I'm just kind of recapping all these things for you. If you understand the parable of the sower, you understand the kingdom. Jesus says, if you understand the, the parable, you understand the secret of the kingdom, right? So what's the parable all about? He tells us the secret back into the Garden of Eden is how? Their heart is like soil and whatever you believe there, whatever you plant there, will return. We know not how. You, you'll never figure that out. That's the mystery of the kingdom. But that's the beauty of it too. It says, but whatever you plant there, you will receive. So that your joy may be full. Isn't that cool? And then he says this. He goes, if all the other stories and parables don't fit that, you'll never understand them. Now, you guys hopefully are trained up a little bit more. But honestly, I could probably go to... 99% of the churches in this country, and they don't understand this. I, I, I go to a lot of them. I talk, well, I talk to all you guys online every week. And I was like, does it fit that? Well, no. Then it's not the kingdom. What is the law of the kingdom? Really, if we want to make this simple. Whatever you plant, you receive. Whatever you believe, you receive. Isn't that interesting? Good or bad, that's the part they don't like. So we can't, we can't handle the bad part, so we make up the adversary, the Diablos, the devil. Satan, Satan's after me. He did it. No, you did it. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's only one spirit. There's only one power is what Paul says. The misuse of our, our creative ability is the evil in the world. 
There's nothing outside of a man that will defile you. So the devil's not after you. There's nothing you have to worry about outside of you. Does that make sense? Hopefully. Hopefully you guys are getting that. What's the Diablos? Diablos is the fallen mind. Dia, from the fallen mind. It's really interesting what we were reading about the Ayin in Hebrew, right? The Ayin was the I, is a picture of the Hebrew word, the Hebrew letter Ayin. So when, when we, if they, they have no concept of, a, of Satan, of the devil like evangelicals do, they go, evil is God upside down or backwards to them. We used God incorrectly. Man did. Isn't that what, really the truth? When we believe the wrong thing, the wrong things tend to happen, don't they? What, is, what does the book of Job say? Those what I greatly feared has come upon me. That's why I so go, hey, abide in the secret place of the Most High. Only focus on what's true about you in Christ, and then you're going to receive everything that's been freely given to you. Isn't that interesting? So, uh, if you understand the parable of the sower, whatever you plant here, you will return. Whatever you put here is more real than the seen, is really what he's talking about in Hebrews 11. So you can be confident that what you plant in your heart and mind will produce the harvest. Good or bad, that's the scary part sometimes. This is trusting in the secret place of the Most High. Didn't we just read that? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, between the cherubim, under the shadow of the feathers of his wings. I believe that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6 when he's talking about prayer. But thou, where's this secret place? I've heard all kinds of Christian messages, the secret place is this, and if you do this, it's the secret place. It's within, where you can't see God, but he's there. He's one with you, right? Matthew 6, 6, but thou, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites and go, let's, do, let's get a prayer chain together, thinking that somehow God's going to hear you better. Okay? So, but where do you do it? You enter into the closet. So if you go into a closet, can anybody outside see you? This is all figurative. Don't go build a closet in your basement. <clears throat> when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, where he dwells is between the cherubim and your heart and minds. You're divine inside. You're so much more divine than you think. And the Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. So how does he see what you do in secret? Because he's, he's in there. Exactly right. And your mind is his mind. Amen. In the beginning, God was face-to-face with man, right? So what we do in there, what we see, he's like, yes, just stay there because that's the secret of the kingdom of God. It's like a seed. Whatever you plant there, I don't care how ridiculous it is, will return. There's no limits to what I can do. So if there's no limits to God and you're one with him, are there any limits to what we can do? I don't think so. I'm trying to get myself there. You guys okay with that? I'm like, I just want to believe for crazy stuff, Lord. Why not? <laughs> Some of you guys are... Oh, Lord. There's certain things I can't share. I can share it with my girlfriend. I'm like, I just want to do st- stupid, crazy stuff. Don't you, Micah? Yeah. Someday everybody's going to be a Yankees fan, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Sorry. You follow me? All right, next slide. Let's keep going. All right, I, I want to show you a couple things. This is, so this is kind of interesting. So I want to share some testimonies with you. Uh, if, this is from Neville. I like this. If you're un, he, he shares this testimony. He says, if you're unable to walk and confined to a wheelchair, you could close your eyes and imagine yourself running down the beach. You could accomplish a healing that allows you to walk or run. Does that sound like all things are possible to him who believes? Now, I shared a while back. I want to just share it with you again. Mike Charbo sent me this. Um, but you can go look this up too, is uh, the, 
the gymnast who was, she was paralyzed. She was a quadriplegic. You remember that? I just want to read this testimony to you again. So, so she's a gymnast. She lands on her head, breaks her neck. She's quadriplegic laying there, can't move her arms and legs. Amen? So here's what she tells the therapist. I'm going to walk to my graduation, which is in three weeks. All things are possible. Now listen to what she said. So I want to just share this. I just remember laying on the floor and then not being able to move. She, this lady kept asking her, can you feel this? Can you feel this? Schuler said, now 22. I was like, no, I can't feel anything, but ask me a math problem because my mind still works. Like, I can't feel that. Stop asking me those questions. At that moment, lying on the gym floor three and a half years ago, Schuler did something remarkable. She became thankful for what she had. Remember I said, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise? Yada, the the hand that opens the door to his creative power is gratitude. And gratitude means you already have something. I'm thankful for something. You guys with me? She started visualizing what it felt like to move, what it felt like to walk, flip, and twist. In my mind, I could still always feel. I'm quoting her. Is that cool? So she's confirming what, what Neville says. And then she says this. The, so she goes, I want to walk to the prom. The first movement happened while Schuler was still in intensive care at the hospital. She felt her big toe on her right foot move. Quote, I knew that if that was the furthest thing from my injury, then everything else has to come back. As she said, everything started to slowly walk, fall into place. And then it talks about how her, her therapist was um, preparing her for never walking again and saying, hey, with this type of injury, you might get a little feeling back, like you might be able to use your right hand and, and do your wheelchair. Or you might be able to paint with your mouth. Right? Some of the testimonies we've heard. Read Psalm 91. 10,000 can fall outside of you, but will not come near you. Don't focus on what's going on out here. Now, I get it. By law, the therapist has to say these things. But she says, prom is in about three weeks. I'd really like to walk to the prom, Schuler said, recalling. My therapist was like, okay. And she just tapes my, keeps testing my muscles because nothing's responding. I'm like, no, they're not responding, but that is what is going to happen. Is this cool? She's dwelling in the secret place. She says, I never, I, I tried to, I want to quote it so you don't. I visualized what it would feel like to move and what it felt like to walk, flip, and twist. And then you know the story. Three weeks later, she went from being a quadriplegic to walking with canes into her. Uh, the week before the prom, Schuler took her first steps with the walker. Not long after graduation, she walked across the stage using only canes and received her diploma to a standing ovation. Is that cool? And then Dispenza was paralyzed, crushed six vertebrae in an accident. And, uh, and he's laying there, and he got four outside opinions. He's a chiropractor, a doctor. And they all said, you need this Harrington's rod, which is, they basically fuse your vertebrae together so if you move, it doesn't sever your spine, right? And they said, you all need to do this, or you'll, you'll, you'll probably never walk again. And I love what he said. Is, is, he goes, you know what? There's a, there's a creation outside of me that loves me enough to keep me alive. That same love for me has to have the creative ability to heal my spine. And he said all he did was, because he, he was a chiropractor, he visualized his spine hole. And he goes, all of a sudden it clicked. And sure enough, like, I don't remember the time frame, but he goes, the rest of my life I'm going to spend teaching people how to do that. That's what I feel like I'm doing. It's like, the rest of my life I'm going to teach people how to enter into the kingdom. 
and enjoy life and life more abundantly. So anyway, is that good? And then Beth Shively, my, my uh, sister-in-law, you know my testimony about Mark. You know, four times they said uh, he had Waldenstrom's disease that he would never live because nobody's ever lived with that cancer. But now there's one. <laughs> Isn't that good? I love that. So that's true to me, right? Hey, dwell in the secret place of the Mohai. Nothing, if, if you dwell there, make your abode there. Stay there, not externally. 10,000 will fall at your side, meaning like stuff's gonna happen to people, but don't let it happen to you. Dwell within and you can live outside of that. Is that good? All right, so um, I'm just sharing a couple of testimonies. Uh, Kate and Kurt and Kitty Atkins just asked me about Nathan, my friend from Kalispell's testimony. So I just use that, but it works in anything. I'm trying to give you hope and that truly any of this is possible. So if you need a financial breakthrough like he, he wanted, you can see your prayers already answered right? So your trust or persuasion is what you do between the cherubim. He goes, abide there, stay there. Don't look at bank statements. Don't look at this. Don't look at that. Where's the answer come from? Within. That's where everything happens. And you can abide in that place and you'll receive. And so um, I just want to share the testimony of him. Oh, I forgot to share the Inspire 100 testimony. I'll share that too. Shoot, 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 shoot. Um, I'm trying to methodically go through this so you actually get it. Did I not print that out? Maybe I didn't print it out. Anyway, I'll, I might butcher it, but I'll... Oh, yeah. No, here it is. Okay. So here's what... Uh, he had listened to the service. He goes, everything you need is within. So a while back, I did that service. It was basically... I'm convinced every story in Scripture is about the same thing. The fallen mind versus the mind of Christ. I hated Esau, but I love Jacob. It's, hey, I hated the flesh and acting like a a slave and a servant animal with hair and everything else. He goes, I wanted Jacob, right? So, so anyway, he's, he says, uh, I just walked out of the bank and had to laugh out loud. God is so very good, but he's hilariously good too. The last couple of weeks have been a battle in my mind of just focusing on the right thing. So where's the battle to him? In his mind, not a demon outside, okay? Focusing on the right thing, just feeling anxiety and general funk. I got up and said, enough is enough. Some of you guys just need to do that. Go, it's a decision. It's, it really is a decision where you're going, you know what? This is how my life's going to be because it's already true about me in Christ. It says, enough is enough. <clears throat> I listened to your message and received the truth that I have everything I need inside of me for a great life. I began to thank God. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? That, and I said, this week I'm going to make at least $100,000. That'd be a good week. I knew I was going to get at least 30000 but I had no idea where the rest was coming from. Monday morning, I got a call from a potential customer who wants a bunch of storage units built. I met him Monday afternoon and told him I would have the pricing put together by Tuesday. I emailed him yesterday. We had a couple of conversations, a few changes. I just walked out of the bank meeting him, signing a, 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 a big contract and getting the last of my 100000 right there. The only thing I did different from last week was focusing on how his goodness makes me worthy, and I breathed it in. Is that good? So grateful for you and what you share that helps the rest of us free. Is that cool? I'm going to share one other simple one that is kind of cool, and then I'll share the Inspire, and, and uh, we'll pray. So this is just kind of a fun one. It says, you're going to think I'm making this up. <laughs> All things are possible. Amen. But I have to tell you, I was listening to your talk on Thanksgiving and emotion, like fe the feeling, right? And I got hyped. I decided to go into town. A person I knew came up to me. So he, he spent time in God's presence between the cherubim. He, he, he got 
excited. He got grateful. He was operating in love. I decided to go into town, and a person I knew came up to me and commented, you've always been kind to me in the past. And he, and he had come into a lot of money, and he handed me $15, $20 bills, 300 bucks. Shocked. At first, I wasn't going to take it. Then I heard a voice within me saying, no, this is okay. This is how I'm getting it to you. Take it. And so my wife was in shock when I told her, but she was happy. Wow, this stuff is working for us. It's real. The key, I believe, is the emotional part. Love you guys, your friends from Canada. That's kind of cool, isn't it? I, this is my life, man. It's kind of fun on, on, on email. Um, and then Inspire 100, I want to share one. I forgot to do this up front. So uh, next week, I'll announce it next week, we'll do the Inspire 100 call. We usually do it on the second uh, Sunday. But thank you. A lot of people have been asking online. If you're watching this, what it is, guys, it's really our benevolence arm of Freedom Ministries. So the idea came from, hey, what if a hundred of us give a hundred dollars every month to help widows and children in need? You know, really that Jesus goes, hey, if you're really going to do something, true religion, which is doing something to be pleasing to God, he goes, take care of the people who can't take care of themselves, right? That's what he says. So anyway, <clears throat> that's what it is. So, hey, you can give, uh, so the idea was if a hundred people gave a hundred dollars a month, we'd have 10,000 a month to tangibly bless people, single moms, families in need, widows and orphans, etc. Cool? And so you can go to inspire100.org, inspire100.org. It operates as a 501c3 under the church, so, um, which is kind of cool. So anyway, this is just a fun one. Um, this happened yesterday. Eyes full of tears and gratitude. How did you know? It's how the body works, isn't it? This is a widow, a mom that's been widowed. God is so good. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. May this be, blessing be returned to you a hundredfold. Just yesterday, I was thinking about Christmas and started to stress out because of all of the costs involved. But I remembered your advice and rolled it over to my Abba. I rested in the fact that he loves me and I'm going to have everything I'm going to need. And it is. I know this bounty comes with no strings attached, but I would like you to know that part of it will be re-sown back into the kingdom. I can't tell you how delighted this makes me feel. If you knew how often my friend and I thank Papa for leading us to Freedom Ministries and your messages, you might get a swelled head, Mike. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, that's okay. My wife will keep me in check, right? Suffice it to say that sound of your voice is heard more than once a day. I don't need to read all that. Um, so she says, uh, forgive me if I'm babbling and trying to second guess what you want to do. I'm still in a whirl. Love to you, to your dear family. Inspire 100 and all the Freedom family members. So thank you for all of you guys that, that contribute to that. Isn't that cool? All right. So let's just uh, let's finish this up. My whole point is this. Let's, we can go to this last slide. All right. So when you pray, this is what he's trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us the same thing. The old covenant were types and shadows, but did David believe that all deliverance, um, protection in every way, supernatural protection, freedom from any impossible situation was within? He even prophesied about it. And then he tells us the secret is to abide or stay between the cherubim. Some of us would call it meditation. Somebody would call it focus, wouldn't we? And it's really, here's what, here's what I love. Um, and I'm just going to, I read this last uh, Sunday night in the fellowship, but I want you to just do this again. Anybody want to go through this book with me? I could do it on Sunday nights if you want. Like Carolyn Leaf, switch on your brain. Um, it's up to you guys. I'll do it with you or not. I just, I love it. But I, the reason I'm sharing her a lot is because I'm getting a lot of feedback um, about neuroscientists that aren't Christians. Um, how about what we just do what they do? Let's start there. Wouldn't that be good? 
See, I, when you come to them, they're like, no problem. We have a 100% success rate if you'll do what I tell you to do. Isn't that interesting? What do Christians do? Well, you never know. If it's God's will, it's garbage, guys. It's garbage. They, they have more faith than Christians, and I'm sad. So I'm sharing her because she gives you scripture. <laughs> so all they're doing, guys, is these neuroscientists are tapping into the kingdom of God. They really are. They're just not afraid of it, where Christians are afraid of the devil and everything else. <clears throat> but there's no fear in love. That's what you got to understand. So here's, here's what she says. She says, uh, I'm just going to read you a couple snippets out of this thing. So, The main point of this chapter is that mind controls matter. So the secret place, things you can't see, controls the physical. You okay with that? Now listen to this. We are co-creators of our destiny with God. We have been designed to create thoughts, and we live out of those thoughts. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance, the title deed, the real thing to lay hold of, hoped for. Hope is the confident expectation the evidence of things not seen. I like to paraphrase it like this. What you are confidently expecting, even though you can't see it, will happen. So confidently expect things, knowing that, and then he says later, this is what we understand. Everything seen is created by the unseen. So it's created in the secret place. The secret place of the most high between the feathers is where? Right here, the temple of God between the two cerebrums, the your brain. <clears throat> this process can move in either direction, negative or positive. Now, this is really interesting. Quantum physics aligning with scripture. Uh-oh. <laughs> Save your hate mail. Because <clears throat> I tell you what, I'm just so tired of it. I'm like, you know what? Doggone it. I'm going to teach people to live free. I'm going to teach people to live healthy. I'm going to teach people to live life and life more abundantly. Quantum theory converts science's conception of humans from being more mere cogs in that gigantic mechanical machine to being free-thinking agents where our conscious choices affect the physical world. Doesn't that sound like I've set before you life and death? You can choose what you want. So choose what? Life. The direct, this is called the observer effect. The observer determines the direction in which all possibilities collapse. In the quantum universe, as we, the observers, affect phenomena, space, and time, we turn possibilities in realities. Mind changes matter. End quote. That's interesting, right? And then there was one other thing I wanted to read to you, which I thought was really good. Well, maybe maybe I, if I can't find it, I'll be done. What you're thinking about the most will grow. So the more the cycle moves with a particular thought, the stronger it grows. <clears throat> If you stop after day four and five, which is often what people do to give up, the consequence will be that that memory denatures. It means it simply dies and becomes heat energy. Simply, you forget. That's why it says, renew your mind daily. And what you do between the cherubim, with absolute conviction, is what you're going to experience in life. So stay there. Abide there. You guys go with me. If we get this, if we get this, I believe we're free from any situation. We don't freak out the rest of our life. No matter what situation comes to you. So, um, the new covenant is spiritual. Faith is being persuaded you have something even though you can't see it. Hebrews 11, I just read it there. Everything seen is created in the unseen. The new covenant is spiritual and tells us that we have been given the creative ability within to be free from any circumstance we find ourselves. So your freedom is seeing it <clears throat> as if you would like it to be between the chair of your mind. So like Joe Dispenza and all the neuroscientists, they go get clear on what you want and then see and feel as if it's already done. They do it like this. They go, you have a clear intention or a desire, 
and belief that it's already done. You practice as if it's already done. That's what the Hebrews did actually too in the Old Testament, which is really interesting. So when you see, feel, act within, literally the creative spirit of God, see it's not just your imagination, it's just not your emotion. I think we've been taught that as little kids, like get realistic, all these different things, right? We have to teach the kingdom of God out of kids and give them religion. I'm just trying to get everybody back, including me. So he says, if you understand the parable of the sower, you'll understand how the kingdom works. Now, is the kingdom already available? Yes. Did he say that? The kingdom is within. It's at hand. You don't need to Don't look over there. Don't look over there. That's not what's going on. It's within, right? So he says, don't worry about too much. He says, listen, whatever seed you plant in your heart is the creative ability of God itself. And I think when we get this, that we know not how, so we don't have to worry about how it's happening because most people, when they're going, I'm stuck, I'm doing everything you can, I don't have it. They don't believe that what they plant there is really true. I promise you they're spending more time believing they don't have it than believing they have it. That's the only thing that can be. That's it. And so don't beat yourself up about it. Know that he's a loving father that he gave you everything that you need for life and godliness. It's within. So realize that as you, the minute you imagine something, how you'd like your life to be, it literally unleashes the creative ability of God. It goes to work to bring it to pass. It collapses time and space into matter. It's the neuroscientist who uses scripture to prove it. Because so, when she's dealing with people that have these things, these issues, these serious challenges in her life, she doesn't tell them to read scripture more. She teaches them who they are, their identity in Christ, and go, whatever you plant in your heart, you're going to receive. Easy enough? Good? Oh, you can get to your feet. Does that help? All right. Oh, see, once you get that, oh, now we're not stuck by what we see externally. Like, oh, no, don't focus on that. Focus between the cherubim. Imagine how you like your life to be, and it'll come to pass. Isn't that easy? I think it's easy. So if you need prayer, you can come up here. But Father, we just love you. We praise you. Oh, thank you for these truths that we're one with you, that we're you truly are a loving Father, that you've given us everything. You've given us the creative ability to live life and life more abundantly. We can choose life. You've given it to us. All of your promises are yes and amen inside. So if we need something outside, all we need to do is dwell in the secret place where you see what we're doing in our mind and you bring it to pass. It's that simple. Any mountain becomes a plain when we understand it's by the Spirit that What's true about Jesus is true about ourselves right now. So, Father, I thank you that as they dwell on this perfect health, perfect mind, they receive it fully. An exceedingly abundant amount that you think of. If they're, if they're looking for relationships, they see it as if it's already done. Because you planted that desire there if they want to be married or they want to have this kind of relationship. You've given them that desire in their heart because they want to express life. So, Father, we thank you that's already done. They don't even have to know anybody. You've already bringing it to pass before they've even asked. Thought if they need abundance, we've shared testimonies. You all have it. You have everything you need. And simply just focusing on the truth about us from within. That's the secret place of the Most High. That's literally releasing the creative ability of God. And nothing shall be impossible to any one of us. In Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. If you, uh, Mike is telling me, hey, if you want to give, you can give on the way out or the bucket. All you guys that are giving online, thank you. It makes all grace abound to you, as I shared last week. As you give, you're giving to yourself. Amen? Amen. When you get that, when you do it to the least of these, you're doing it to yourself. In Jesus' name. All right. Thanks, Michael. Love you guys.